0: In the garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Waltz. Kickstart 11 13, 2023. How are we here already? How are we at the halfway point?
1: You know why? It's because the month feels broken up because of Thanksgiving, because it happens, right? Like Thanksgiving happens and you're off work for almost a week. <laughs> and then the next thing, then you look up and it's the 28th of
0: the month. Yeah. And you're into December. But yeah, but how does that get us to the 13th so fast?
1: I don't know. You blink. That's what happens as you get older, dude. And it just gets faster and faster. Like okay. next year, it'll be like we'll just be like, oh hey, didn't we just record yesterday? Did Monday yeah. again already?
0: <laughs> oh crap! So yeah, we're a week away from Thanksgiving, at least American Thanksgiving. I don't know what the hell it is up in Canada.
1: I don't know. I thought they already had it. I Thought it was in September. Yeah, sure. No, I think it, I think it
0: is. I think no, they I, already I don't had know. their Thanksgiving.
1: I don't know. See, now you open that can of
0: worms, Tom's going to fucking be all over your shit, dude. He doesn't care. He doesn't like even living there. <laughs> it's Alberta. Nothing fun yeah. about There's nothing fun about Alberta.
1: Right. There isn't. No. Oh, it was October 9th was Canadian Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, well, see, there you go.
1: There you go. Monday, October 9th. It was on a Monday, too.
0: On a Monday? I wonder if it's, is it always on a Monday or is it always on a date?
1: I don't know, man. Uh, Um, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not diving that deep.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You get a three-day weekend out of it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) For some people, sure. Uh, Goodness, jeez. Anyway, so we are in, uh, we're, we are deep into November. November, absolutely, man. Up in there. We've already dropped two. Last week, we dropped our first of the Neonors and it was Mona Lisa. Which Mona was, Lisa. Which is good. Oh, there's so it's like there's over eight minutes of extra um, Mona Lisa chatter on the Patreon version. So if you wanted to check that out, you can go check that out on Patreon. I just want to throw that out there. Cause it, I mean, like I was saying during Kickstart last week, I said it's a, I knew it was a substantial more and I thought it was going to be a good five or six minutes and turned into almost nine minutes minute So yeah. And it's good stuff too.
1: Yeah. It it was a fun uh it was a good chat that movie. And that movie, yeah. you know, it was it's again, it's one of those movies, man, right? You don't I didn't recall, you know, when the when we were when I watched it when we were talking I've seen it a few times, you know, over the course of the years, but like until I've sat down literally to watch it because I knew we were gonna talk about it. And right. then I was like, holy shit man, this movie is out of control. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's pretty great.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, it's it's a good one for sure. I'd like to at some point hear that uh, I'd like to listen to the commentary with uh Neil Jordan and Kathy Tyson. Yeah, I'm that they did for the Blu-ray.
0: Right. I'm super close to wanting to do that. Once we get past the holidays, I'm gonna start sneezing. Hold on. No, I'm not. Oh damn, well, maybe I am. Never mind. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a it's a solid movie and and it's uh it's one that you can on. like I said, we mentioned you can on the episode, you can catch it on Criterion channel again what it was when we were first planning this but it is now and it's still on max at least for the month i'm assuming
1: yeah i month. think so i mean yeah. it, or probably it's probably until the end of the year i would imagine at this point do it do it <laughs> yeah at
0: this point just do <laughs> it just watch so it. we always talk about uh, all the the theaters around town that are always showing and classic movies and have a fun little themes and all that. And we've been talking about videos quite a bit, but there's one theater that's been void of our conversation for a long time. And it's been closed for well since COVID. <laughs> well, well at, at least been, since COVID. It, yeah, it was it, it was already like in a remodeling phase even before COVID started. And that is the Egyptian has reopened. Yeah,
1: man. As of last
0: week. The Egyptian. They are n- known for it in town anyway. When they're showing their older films, is it's usually in 70 millimeter. That's always the draw. They throw it in the big theater and people go nuts. And it's almost always sells out when they do 70 mil. Yep. And he came back with Aliens, I think, last week, or it's going to come up soon. Um, but, but you were there over the weekend for... Something and I was there. Was well,
1: I was there on Thursday, uh, which was the first uh, was was the first time it was open to public. It was uh, the premiere of The Killer with the, there was q and A uh, Q&A with Fincher. Um, so it was, uh, but that was the first public open to the public screening uh, of anything right. at the Egyptian since it since it's been remodeled. I, I mean, I think they had like some private uh, sort of Netflix uh, inner kind of thing going on there, but that was the first open to the public, and that was a Cinematheque. Right. Thing as well. Uh, and dude, what, a, what a, here's the crazy thing about the theater, right? I've been there a million times. And, I, and as, you, as you have,
0: where are the best seats? Where were the, be- where, where, where were the best seats? <laughs> well, I always thought the best seats were like right smack in the middle of the theater.
1: Now, to me, the best seats for viewing wise were always upstairs in the balcony. Well, it depends because on... Because the, the screen... I know, but I'm taller, so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> well, like, I'm just saying that because of the, the, the way the, the floor seats, they were all flat, so there's always people. And I, I, for me, like, and everybody I know, everybody wanted to sit in the balcony. The balcony's gone.
0: <laughs> there is no balcony. They took balcony. the balcony out of the big room?
1: Balcony's gone, dude. There's Whoa. no balcony. Wow. Yeah, so all there, there's only floor seating now. And what they've done is that it it's kind of stadium, sort of. So every every seat, has. they also brought the screen down. The screen is... You know, they. I can't remember exactly what. There's, a, there's a documentary on Netflix right now. Not a documentary, but like a 15 minute. Um, hey, we reopen the Egyptian. So there is. A, if you want to, if you want all this in detail and other than my rambling, you can go to Netflix and just look it up. The Egyptian theater thing. It, but literally, what they've done is that ne- their pitch is like every seat has that view now that you used to get in the balcony, but because they they've brought the screen down. Cause it used to go all the way up to the freaking rafters or whatever. So the screen is shorter and now all the f- seats on the floor with perfect view. Apparently um, my seat was great. I mean, it, it did, but I was like, Holy shit, man. And if you look up at the, where the back, it's all a projection room now, like it's all boxed in, there's windows, you know, they keep the projectors and whatever else up there, but yeah, it's all the sound. The sound is amazing now. I mean, it literally, cause I remember it was always good, but I mean, it's like state of the art now. It's you know, you it's like holy shit. It's a prestige screening room. <laughs> is really what it is. It's beautiful. It's still beautiful. All the architecture is the same. It just really has um, no balcony, which was weird. Walking in, uh, not I knowing that.
0: I don't know what to even how to even like process that.
1: <laughs> it's yeah.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. The, is the, the the architecture still the same Is the yep. it, are, okay so they kept mm-hmm. all the the yep. things that make it the egyptian as opposed oh, to it's
1: it's exactly it's still the egyptian all of the all of the uh all, all of the architecture all of the uh you know the detail drapery and yeah all all, all of it yes everything the scarabs all of it
0: good because I mean, you take that shit away it's like what are you doing
1: <laughs> no no all, all that's there it's just and even even upstairs where they boxed it in and they closed all that stuff off you know and they've turned it, it they they tied all of the new build into the old architecture so oh, that's good when you look up at the uh projection booth it's not like this this ugly glass window it doesn't look like your it doesn't look like a stadium box at staple center is what i'm going to tell you <laughs> oh that's good it doesn't look like that okay yeah <laughs> But man, w- what a, it was a great experience. I mean, and I, you know, then I saw another movie there over the weekend, yesterday, um, for Noir Vember. But man, what a cool thing to have back in LA. Because, you know, it's the one thing, the LF3 is great, and the Arrow's okay. The Arrow's good. I mean, you know, when you can get parking. But dude, there's nothing like going to the Egyptian, which is, you know, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, it's LA's premier movie palace. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what was that thing? It was built in 1924. It was the first... Uh, No, 1922, October 18th is when it opened. I remember because they said that because it's a hundred, this is the hundred and first anniversary. I think they were trying to get it open this time last year for the uh, hundredth anniversary. They just missed it by a year. Right. So yeah, it's funny because the thing was closed for a long time. Right. And then they, uh, American Cinematheque opened it, reopened it in 98, which seems crazy to me. Like, doesn't It seems like it doesn't seem like that long ago, but I guess it was. So I guess you know, but it was closed down for most of the nineties. Right, everything you love about it is still there,
0: except for the balcony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is what I'll say.
0: Except for that, it's always such a big part of Beyond Fest, and it has been in the past. So, and it hasn't obviously it hasn't been that way for a few years. Even the last two years that they've had Beyond Fest returning in its normal state. I knew it was close to being reopened and I think when we kind of talked about Beyond Fest and what we were interested in going to see that I think we even brought it up, maybe I cut it from the episode, but we did talk about the Egyptian not, uh, and not haven't reopened yet and hoping that because it's so tied to um, with Netflix, because Netflix owned it and Netflix have been, had already been yeah, they've already been using it and Beyond Fest has already been using it under Netflix management, whether that's still the case who knows going forward, but some, but then again, someone's got to pay for all that remodel, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to pay for it. Oh, oh subscribers, that's right. Oh yes, <laughs> those guys. Well, we should since you talked about that, we should actually note that um, the killer is still playing at a handful of places around town on theater. So check that out if you if you want to see the movie in a theater before it's gone because it's a very very limited release. In fact, even it's already on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Premiering on Netflix on last Friday. I gotta say, though, I was very surprised because I was that it was a five-one mix and it wasn't Atmos, even though it's still four K. It was a weird thing, but I watched it once with full, you know, with with the full setup, and then I watched it again with my headphones just so I can hear the sound design a little bit better and the way they go, the way they intermix, and the way they—I mean, the whole sound design for when they go back and forth between us hearing the Smiths in his his headphones and then outwardly was just so fucking gold, dude. It was, yeah.
1: Also what's cool about it is, is when you're, when you're looking at, you're looking through his eyes, you're hearing it in his head. When you're looking at him, you're hearing the headphone you know, I I just thought the the way they established the POV for the movie is pretty fantastic. Like just across the board. Kleiss was there. Ren Kleiss was there on, it was just him and David this Thursday. Oh, so Ren was there. Oh yeah, he was. Oh yeah, yeah. he so was now, there. I'm was
0: now I'm sh- even more pissed off. I didn't
1: go. <laughs> it was it was uh, it was just him and Fincher this time because he was there. He was there also uh, when I went the first time at the at the uh, the academy. But Kirk Baxter was there and Andy Walker was there and uh, Eric Messerschmidt. But this this time it was just David and Ren. and it was you know it was like two old friends just sort of talking about you know. And Ren is very, very into what he does. It was cool, man. And uh, you know, the Q and A. A lot of it was, revol- you know, people sort of geared it, you know, and they add. They did ask him a lot of questions, so it was very cool to get to hear him get to ramble on about stuff that you don't usually hear at a Q and A, right?
0: Yeah, totally. It was good because ren has been on with him since seven, right? Since since seven, yeah. he's been mm-hmm. on every every oh, film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his sound design. Okay, I, you, you've heard me talk on the show ad nauseum about sound guys. And Ben Burt is a name that everybody knows, but I really kind of bum when when people aren't as familiar with ren Kleiss and his work because is you know he's all over the place when it comes to the types of movies he works on. He's not very he's not whatever George is working on. George Lucas is working on. He's not whatever Spielberg is working on. Like as a talking about John Williams as a composer, but you know he. Seven game, like I said, he all the movies that and his best sound design, as far as I'm concerned, is is Panic Room. Oh yeah, there's just the quiet. Mo- I mean, it's fucking beautiful mix, but he's fantastic. He's so good. I'm bummed that I didn't get to see that. But I'll say this: I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, that we get an, another Criterion release like we did. With this with cu- with the previous release and and maybe we'll kind of like, like oh,
1: Yeah, dude. I'm I would I, 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 I bet there'll be um there'll definitely be a Blu-ray of something, whether it's Criterion or s- some specialty. I don't know who'll do it, but I, I would imagine it'd be Criterion. I, I can't imagine won't we won't get that. Did Mank ever get a release? No, I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, is is there a Mank
0: release? I got, you know, I don't know. In my head, I keep thinking that it's that it happened because it did with the Irishman, but then the Irishman I think was the first time it did happen. The
1: Irishman was the first time, I believe, that uh yeah. a Netflix yeah. title was given the criterion treatment. I see
0: it. Because I'm surprised that we wouldn't get that with this. I mean, one of the things that makes Venture's optical releases so special is the BTS. And I've talked oh yeah. Again, ad nauseum about that. And then uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo probably is my favorite because it's the disc, the BTS disc, a standalone disc is literally broken up into three into three acts, really. It's pre-production, production, and post-production. It's so fucking beautiful. And one of the things that I love about his BTS, I've seen that one so many times as far as uh, um, the Dragon Tattoo, fincher's bts are just they're, they're not censored they don't cut around swearing they just let it be because that's the yeah. conversation no totally. like it's a it's a rated r movie so get over your fucking self <laughs> don't, well you know
1: yeah exactly i mean do we think that david fincher doesn't swear come on get
0: yeah real i mean and he's only the he's the least of the problems as far as if that was a concern he's the uh, what's your face has quite the potty mouth but doesn't matter if you own any of his movies in, on disc and you have not seen any of the BTS, you are do yourself a disservice. Um, one of them, uh, I mean, probably the most prolific of them and most expansive is probably is Benjamin Button is probably the one that's got the most non-filmmaking type of BTS and there are things that you haven't seen before. Like one of the things I think I had to share with you, right? Didn't I like rip it from somewhere and I shared it with you? Yeah, for somebody to for somebody to see for a job or something, wasn't it? In, um,
1: I well, yeah, because I ha- I have it on because I have it on uh, I have it on blue, but I think yeah, you ripped it so that I could. Uh, there was stuff on it that I needed, like behind the BTS stuff that I needed uh, that I didn't have any photographs of, and I oh, think right, I, right, right, yeah, you ripped it
0: so there was a link, and then I did a bunch of screen grabs of some stuff. Yeah, that's what it was. That that one. That that BTS is fucking incredible. You think you've seen visual effects BTS? You haven't seen it until you watch the Benjamin Button ones. It's funny because you know when it comes to visual effects or whatever whatever it is the the discipline the, the discipline that um, that that a studio was pushing for as far as awards, and you see that like, these little you know supercuts you know these um, sizzle reels of what they've done. This isn't that. This is not EPK bullshit. This is like, I mean, it's packaged. It's all I'm going to say is not packaged. It is. But it's packaged in a way like you could see this being a standalone release. Like here's a release of behind the scenes of this movie. And it's that good. It's that well produced. But it's also lots of fly in the wall situations. But Dragon Tattoo probably is the most definitive. But there is a sound... Because Ren, if you watch Dragon Tattoo, like Ren is like there, like constantly. Oh, yeah. Ren, Ren did everything on it. He uh, on Tattoo, he like was, he was obviously, he's always there at the pre stage with with Fincher, but all the way through. And he was the re recording, one of the two re recording mixers on it. So he, it's one of the few times that he saw it all the way through. I mean, he's always the sound suit on it, but he's not always the re recording mixer on everything he does. So, yeah, he's a he's a stellar guy. He's a guy that if you want to get into sound design, that um, you know, pick apart his movies. There, there was there was kind of a, the first Q
1: and A. There was um, he had mentioned that some, he dropped something that he had in his sound library, like it was normal, and Fincher and everybody kind of laughed. and like, do you understand what you just said, Ren? <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, like uh, you have that, you have a file with those, no, you know, it was just really funny. Like, yeah. because, you know, only somebody like somebody, a sound designer would, it's, you know, it, you and I, I mean, maybe you have, but there are things that like, you know, what he would say, I was like, yeah, of course. Why, why would anybody have it? Oh, of course you'd have it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun it, and, You know, in it, but I got to say, man, seeing it there um, on that screen, you know, and it just felt right seeing a, it in the Egyptian of all places, you know, in Hollywood, right. it right. felt like, you know, for a moment in time, it was like going back, you know, 40 years, you know, and b- being in a real movie theater in Hollywood. And it, it had, it was, it was nice, man. It was really, it was a really good experience. Um, I sent you a picture in the chat of what the, um, look, what the, um, former balcony looks like these days. Oh
0: well, that's not terrible.
1: No, that's what I said. They 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 adapted the architecture. I mean, but I'm just saying, it's like it's quite
0: shocking when you look at it. This is very art, like this is very arc light.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. It gets very much. Oh, see, this
0: is that. This is really good. I really feared something far worse than this. Oh
1: no, 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 no. I didn't. Well, that's why I sent it. I didn't want to give off the idea that it you know was shitting on it because I mean it's great. But like what I said, but look it looks like a giant screening room. I mean, this is the coolest fucking screening room ever, like for in-house, right? Like if you're Netflix yep. and you know, you want to show it to 500 people or whatever, I don't know what the capacity of seating is now. I mean, I could guess, but this is what, this is what you got now. And, but I'm saying, man, it's state of the art, you know, sound picture, everything. And you know, plus you're in the Egyptian that look you know, if you browse through that, uh, that thing I sent you, it shows the other direction and it, you know, it gives you the the shot from the back and everything looks, you know, it's, it's cool, man. It's I'm uh, welcome back. Egyptian.
0: Cool. I'm adding that link to the show notes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, also I can't wait to go now next on my list. I got to get to the Vista.
0: <laughs> I want to see what that looks like. Two big Los Angeles landmark movie theaters reopened this last week. And that to me is just incredible in a time where, movie theaters are coming more and more scarce. I mean, we've been like we've talked about on the show before, we're very lucky that there's this many places. And when, when we talked about it, when Vidyots came back, this that and it just made us clamor for the Egyptian to come back and knowing the Vista was right on the corner. Um, yeah, it's insane. And then oh by the way, Quentin Tarantino bought the Vista and he did a remodel and reopened it and it looks far more comfy seating wise the new bev and i'm like we were talking about new bev all the yeah. time but it is uh, as you say <laughs> ass numbing it's, it's it's i said it's ass numbing you have to think about how long a movie is and you always double you know you you give yourself a, some more time to ponder can i sit there for two movies
1: well, dude, right, doesn't it, it like, it you, like, literally, it hits you in that fucking nerve, right, you know, oh, right dude. below your ass cheeks that fucking, you know, that make your legs go numb. I mean, that's just what happens.
0: Those each <laughs> are the worst, dude, because I, I hadn't been there in quite a bit until it took Joe to see Sorcerer, and, like, right when they're on the bridge, <laughs> that's what I'm, like, going, Joey's like, are you okay? Are you okay, because I'm shifting around. I'm like, dude, yeah, see, I know what happens. I'm not nervous. My ass is numb. <laughs> right. I can't stand up. <laughs> So bad, but it, I, I'm hoping that we uh, I, well, people have already been saying that's much improved as far as the seating goes by comparison, so that's good. But um, what was the other thing? Uh, Vista, so and also I found out that he that the Quentin is going to be opening a micro theater next door. Oh, nice to the, to the Vista, a 29 seater that will show VHS and 16 millimeter movies.
1: Is that going to be is is that in the Good Luck Bar? Did he buy the uh, space formerly known as the uh, Good Luck joined. Bar? I mean, I would think so, right?
0: That sounds about right with thirty people, sure. I
1: mean, I can't think of what I, I would have to, I'm trying hard to think of what else is right next door <laughs> to no, this. No, so it,
0: right that would be that would be yeah, c- kind of like how the new art is next door to Cinephile. That they're like right there next to each other. That's what I think it is. Kind of like that, uh, dude. I haven't been to that joint in forever. I can't tell you last time I saw Vista, but I'll tell you the last time I was at, that I saw some of the Egyptian that wasn't a first run movie was seven. And I think I talked about that when you guys went to that recent new Bev screening, that was the last time I saw it in the theater. So it might've been like 2004. Yeah. That would make sense, right? No, no. 2005, yeah, right. 2005 makes more sense because of the anniversary. Yeah. Right. That's probably when I saw it. 10 years. It. Yeah. Yeah. So again to wrap it up. Watch The Killers any way you can, but if you can see it in a movie theater, please do. The sound design is incredible. If you have a sound bar that you don't always use, some people don't always use their sound bar because it gets kind of loud, watch it with the sound bar. Watch it in the best way possible sound-wise because you are going to be... You're, it's the best experience you're going to have with it because sound design is so key to it that like once, once I found out that there was... And, and I hate using the word needle drop because it doesn't—that doesn't imply doesn't here. Needle drops seem are always seem to be, right, relative to a moment as opposed to it, how it's well, used in this.
1: Here's the thing, because it's been made such a big deal about the Smiths, blah blah blah. Every fucking river you can't escape it. But I'm not gonna—I don't want to say anything about how this or why. You know, just go see right. the movie. And right. you know, because Zach had texted me, he's like, "Dude, I don't know what the fuck are the Smiths." And then he texted me back after he watched the movie. He's like. Okay, well, I was wrong because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm just like, yeah, well, you
0: know, th- yeah. So, and it's beautifully credited at the end, too. Yeah, absolutely. It, because it just says the Smiths and it has a list of the songs in order, none of the writing credits, none of that stuff. It's just, yep. And I thought that was so, it was like, it was like a playlist. That's what was yep. so cool about it. And, uh, yeah, so needless to say, it's going to be my playlist for November. Because um, I want to try to get that and intermix it with, and you that's another thing too, you don't think that Smith's being mixed in with anything that, that Trent or Atticus does, especially with what they do in this, that you just think that those two sonically diverse tunes, you know, or cues. Entities. Would, <laughs> would not be like agreeable but they are
1: well it's funny because it, uh, during the discussion uh, obviously because it's all it's all part of the sound design score of music you know they they talked a lot about how the the evolution of the playlist becoming all smiths and sort of how what the process is like working with Trent and Atticus for the right. you know how how they all work together so it's, it was really cool man so there was you know again it you know anybody who's thinks, oh God, these guys are talking about sound. Why, uh, oh boy, we have crickets in the background, babies crying. Uh, well, it's not just all that, okay? <laughs> so there was a lot of uh, yes. you know it covers a lot of ground um, when you're talking about the way I think people take the way movies sound for granted a lot. You know they just oh, they don't think about everything, no, um, because you know a bad sound mix. Um, I can tell you a movie that has a terrible sound mix. I couldn't even I couldn't even watch it, and I worked on it. <laughs> And I'll leave it at that. It was also <laughs> it was also released in the last two weeks.
0: <laughs> There's so much to learn about sound. It's something that that my again, somebody that again, I grew up around sound people. My my best buddy growing up in elementary school, his dad worked on Empire and Jedi. So down here in, in LA. So I got to go to the sound stage a lot and while they were doing Foley and just doing other hard effect recording. But one of the things he told me, um, his dad, uh, he said, learn music. And I said, what do you mean? That learn music if you want to do this. Learn music. I'm 10. I'm kind of like, oh, I can, I'm can. i a little bit of a sponge about it. And he said, because I think what gets overlooked a lot is the note or sub, the key a sound is in. And there, there's a reason why some hard effects stand out so much because they're a different key from the rest of the movie. Now, now we're more far more inclined into that now because it's so much easier for us to do that in DAWs inside of Pro Tools or whatever, just select like something, change a key. But this is something I learned how much, as I got older and got more into sound and doing more sound work that I found out about this being far more true now because of all the entities you're working with. Now, that, um, <laughs> that movie I talked about that I worked on before – uh, which was a sound design nightmare—not nightmare, but uh, there's a lot to it. And that was Steven Seagal's Exit Wounds. It was Joel Silver produced movie that basically put him back on the trajectory that he. had. It was his comeback movie for uh, Steven Seagal. But oh, I
1: thought you meant for Joel Silver. I was like, no, what? no. There's lots
0: <laughs> of music. There's lots of music in it. <laughs> it was his was... first
1: theatrical release, like in you know since The Glimmer Man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This, there was a lot, there's lots of hip hop in it uh, along with needle drops as well as a score that was still kind of electronic, but with like more hip hop influences. But the stu- the hip hop stuff that actually had vocals on it, it was troublesome because a lot of the, a lot of hip hop artists do what feels right as opposed to necessarily does it sound right when you're, so you're getting lots of things that weren't, the the vocalist was off key compared to the rest of the piece. And like the first, like Ice Cube's first record, that's intentional because he wants you to hear his voice separate from everything else. But with this, it was just kind of hard on the ears. But so, if you want to get into sound design, <laughs> learn music, and there you yeah, go. man,
1: well, it helps for sure.
0: Because what? Because it's so because it's, it's so part. Of it, it's so much part of it. That's something that that every sound soup has to to do with. They have to work directly with the composer, make sure everything sounds like it's supposed to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what, I maybe mean, yeah. that's the difference between good and bad and some, you know, idiot producer who just doesn't post separately and, you know, doesn't pay attention to that kind of stuff. So it is Noir Vember. And it's not just Noir Vember as far as American Cinematheque goes, but, you know, our friends at Vidiots have some really good, fun Noir Vember titles. Uh, and a couple this week. One is a film that uh, I'm just going to run through these, but one of them is a film I was just, I just watched it. Um, is funny because it's, it's a movie that's been in public domain forever. So you never know what, you know, for how good of a copy you're going to get of it, but it's the strange love of Martha Ivers, which is a Lewis milestone, Barbara Stanwyck and Van Heffling, Elizabeth Scott. And, uh, it's Kirk Douglas's first movie, right? It's 1946. Uh, but that's playing tonight as a matter of fact. Monday, November thirteenth at eight PM, and it's a movie. Dude, never seen it on big screen. I only wish I could get there, but I, I I'm not going to be able to. But and and then literally, I just watched it, and I just posted my review of it on the letterbox yesterday. But the strange love of Martha, Martha Ivers is a really good sort of. Um, it's you know, and it's it's a movie that's not. I don't think it's not a lot on people's radars. People you know, people kind of miss it. Again, it it's a movie that's been in public domain hell forever not unlike george romero's uh night of the living dead it's just one of those movies there's not a really i don't think there's a good i at one point i had a really shitty dvd of it that somebody had given me to watch and i never gave it back and then i think i threw it away or it <laughs> because it was that bad it was literally like you know it looked like you were watching it on um, ktla 1986 <laughs> you know at three in the morning but yeah so that's tonight Tomorrow, you get, we got um, Warner Herzog's Aguirre, The Wrath of God. Wednesday, we've got Detour, which I'm not sure I've ever even seen Detour. I mean, I know of it, but I don't know that I've actually ever seen it. I have friends who talk about it all the time, you know, it, and, You know, but again, it's, the, you know, they talk about it like they talk about, you know, was it, two, is it Tulane Blacktop? <laughs> It's one of those movies that like people talk about it a lot. It's from the '40s. It's from '45, so it's a, it's a good piece of noir. Uh, Stop Making Sense on Wednesday, unfortunately, sold out. Sold out. Mm-hmm. But then we go to neo noir on Thursday with uh, David Lynch's Blue Velvet, which is not sold out. 7:30, Videttes, this coming Thursday. Uh, if you haven't seen Blue Velvet in the theater, man, it uh, yeah. I, if, if you live here and you don't go, you're gonna kick yourself. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, uh, Friday you get Doctor Strangelove. Is that a neo noir movie? Mm, I don't know. I don't know mm, that, it's that a I would It it is. Yeah. It, it's something. <laughs> it's definitely something. It's Cold War paranoia. Uh, I don't know, but it does star uh, somebody that we might have. Be, we, we might. We might be talking about later in this week. You can figure out who that is. <laughs> the Hitchhiker on Friday, Ida Lupino's, uh fantastic little uh, film starring Edwin O'Brien, Frank Lovejoy. That's a movie. Another one that I have never seen in a theater, which I would love to go see. Uh, and then following that at nine forty-five is Walter Hill's The Warriors. Mm. Yeah, man, it's uh, you know Vidiot's, it, dude. They got a full week of awesome, kick-ass movies.
0: Unfortunately, you have to choose between Hitchhiker and Warriors because right. they're, 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 yes, yeah,
1: right. Ones in the Eagle,
0: right, and the ones at the at the at the movie micro. Yeah, yeah. That now. Yeah, so the movie micro is a lot like what we were just talking about with Quentin. With, yes, yeah, the little next door thing. Yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. It's funny too because I don't know.
1: I mean, it's funny. It's because it, what is it? The, they call it the movie micro. Yeah, cinema. Mubi, is that what it, Mubi, right? Yeah,
0: movie micro. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. See, that's that's a tough one, dude. Like cuz I've seen the Warriors a lot. And I've seen the Warriors on a big screen. I seen I saw it at the new Bev last with uh and I still don't know if it'll ever be better than that screening. So I don't know that I'm ever gonna go see the Warriors in a movie theater again because I, the last time I saw it, the Q&A was Lawrence Gordon, Walter
0: Hill, James Remar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're really not gonna <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm <laughs>
1: gonna we'll top that, man. There's like, no. you know, there's nowhere to go but down from there. No. So. Yeah. Me personally, I would go see The Hitchhiker if uh if I had to choose on Friday. And then on Saturday, yeah. uh, we get Penny Marshall's A League of Their Own, which is not noir, but it is a fun, it's probably Penny Marshall's best movie, I think. I mean, if if I'm picking, it's definitely my favorite, and maybe it's because of the subject matter. But it's also one of my favorite Tom Hanks performances, because <laughs> right. I like Tom Hanks when he's crusty, man. I don't I don't like the sweet, toast, Jimmy Stewart version of Hanks. I like when he was a little bit more, you know, just when there's a little more of a hard edge on him.
0: Oh, with you.
1: Says the man who likes punchline.
0: <laughs> I love punchline.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, usually I see punchline to people and they're like, what are you? I don't know, what? what's punchline?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, I was one step away of mentioning that when we were going on about Taylor Negron. Yeah. That, no, that no, was whole my, dude, right. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for an owl. Ah, ah, ah. Look, man. Yes. <laughs> hey, look, there's our recommendation for the week. If you haven't seen Punchline, <laughs> see Punchline. And not to get ahead of anything too, but Moulin Rouge is going to be there on November 25th. So Thanksgiving yeah. weekend It's going to be there. There's a, there's a, they get do that's a rad movies. Thanksgiving week, by the way. Right. Oof.
1: Well, I mean, dude, Tron is going to be there this weekend on sun on Sunday. And Mildred Pierce. They're showing, they're showing Zodiac um, on Sunday in the, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's technically this week. So, yeah. so I mean
1: that, 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 that you know, there you go, man. So, I mean, it, it just keeps getting better. We'll get into next week. Next week, because there's a bunch of cool stuff coming. Next, next week
0: is fucking insane. Yeah, so it's if you happen to be in town, to seeing family for Thanksgiving, and you're tired of them, and you don't want to watch football with them, <laughs> do all that stuff. Yeah, what's rad is that um, after the 25th of November, they don't have anything on the books other than one thing, one one movie screening, and that's it. That's all they have on, on the schedule. I don't know if they're what they're doing from there, but maybe we'll see an update next week about it. But so there you go, the, the chock full of stuff to watch and to listen and to read, and all that loveliness. I've talked about on the show before, there's a great um, YouTube channel called In Depth Sound Design that is run by Michael James Gallagher, who we're talking about on the show quite a bit. He always does these breakdowns with sound soups and everything, but he's he had ran together when they're talking about Fi Club sound design. And it's really good. It's a solid like nineteen minutes or something like that. And it's really good. I'll put that in the show links as well. And I found a I found the, the QA from the Egyptian screen of the killer on YouTube. I haven't watched yet so I can't tell if the sound design is good or the video looks good. But I will uh, if it's worthwhile adding, I will add the link to Yeah, man, the definitely. Show it's
1: it's it's a really fun chat. Um If if it if it if it doesn't, I'm sure it must sound great because I know they were recording all that stuff and it was very quiet in there. And uh, they had uh, that's the other thing too is when you're in there and you're looking around, you see all of the these sort of giant microphones for recording purposes. Well, good because
0: maybe I'll make it for the fact that this looks like it's all handheld phone stuff.
1: Oh, really? No, I I I guarantee that Netflix has done one. Uh, Yeah, I mean it's their
0: place. Why wouldn't they? Right? Yeah, and it looked like it was rigged for. Like when you were showing me that one picture, it looked like it was rigged to be able to handle like lighting and stuff like that. So I'm not surprised. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. 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 Cool. Well, there you go. So if you want to follow the show on the the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. If you want to follow Corey on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. It's called Culprit97 on Instagram. And if you want to follow the show on Patreon and get these larger episodes for movies, especially that great Mona Lisa episode last week, you can get that at patreon.com slash If you'd
1: like to follow me, you can follow me at rock and roller thirty-three on your Instagram, or you can follow me at the killer on letterboxed. That's the killer on letterboxed.com.